Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. And so, God, we just lift up our voices, no matter what place we're in this morning, whether we're on on top of a mountain or in a dark valley, we lift up a hallelujah to you and praise you, Lord, anyway, because every good thing we have on this mountaintop is from you. And so we offer it back to you. And every difficulty we're walking through, you're in the midst of it. And so when we don't feel like we have anything, we offer you a hallelujah, Lord. And God, we, we just thank you for all that you have given us. When we can look around and see such lack in our world or in our lives, we, we choose to see with great gratitude all your goodness to us, and we give some of that back to you. So I pray that you would receive our voices this morning, our worship, our hallelujahs, as an offering, a sweet offering back to you. I pray that you would receive our gifts given this week, of, of the money that you've entrusted us. With, that you would see that as an offering back to you just of gratitude for all that you've provided. Lord, we thank you that we get a chance to celebrate today all that you are doing in our midst. Thank you for the reminder. And God, I thank you for the reminder. It's a hard reminder, but that in the midst of whatever our life brings us, we get to choose to surrender. Even as your goodness is running after us, we get to choose to surrender it. our lives back to you because that's what you're worthy of just all that we are all that we have so we surrender to you in this moment lord we ask that you would have your way in our hearts this morning god wherever we've come from in our lives this week and in our lives this morning i pray that you would just remove all distractions that you would remove any barrier in, in, in me or in us, God, I confess that I come to you with nothing this morning, that no words I have to say are of any value, only your word is valuable, Lord, so speak to us. And we're listening. And we'll be ready to offer a hallelujah to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, open to John 18. Uh, I don't know if you get the sense, there's a mixture of goodness and, and, and hardness in my soul this morning. Like hardness, like this is tough. The, the message I'm going to bring this morning, it's tough. It's tough to hear. But there's goodness at the same time. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. It's hard. And he speaks directly into the hardness of our life. But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. There's goodness there too. And we're not going to see that he's overcome the world unless we see how hard it is. Unless we see how hard it is. So we're going to be just speaking into that balance this morning. As we open to John 18. Turn there with me in your Bibles. John 18, 
starting in verse 1. It says this, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook, Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. So the words he just spoke were the words of John 17 and 16 and 15 and 14 and 13. They were the words that he spoke at the Last Supper and afterwards and the, and the prayer that he prayed, that he offered, that we, we spoke about in John 17 the past couple of weeks. Those were the words he had just spoken. And, and from out of that, he goes to this place, to the garden. And we know some of what's coming. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him. So listen, we've called this journey through John, knowing Jesus, right? That we might come to know Jesus more fully. But haven't we seen again and again and again how much Jesus knows? Jesus knows the time and he knows our hearts, and he knows everything about us, and he knows his Father. He knows so much. And right here, Jesus knows all that would happen to him right from this moment forward. So think about what's going to happen to him. He knows it. He knows what's coming. He knows about the arrest that's coming. And he knows he's going to be led in chains to trials that are unfair. He knows he's going to be mocked and there's going to be witnesses that lie about him. He knows about being spit upon. He knows about being whipped and beaten. He knows about the nails and the crown of thorns. He knows about the cross. He knows about three hours of darkness. He knows about the weight of all of our sin. Your sin, my sin, everything we've ever done. Listen to me, everything we will ever do. Do you know there's sins you haven't committed yet? There's ways you've let, you've just turned your back on who God is and, 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 and refused to trust him in some area of your life. We're not dead yet and we're not perfect yet. And that means there's going to be an area of your life coming up that you're going to struggle to believe in him. And Jesus took the weight of our unbelief on him. All of that weight in those three hours of darkness and the, the, the wrath of God poured out on him. He knew about all of it and the grave. He knew that's where this was going. To a tomb. Where's your life going right now? Does it look like it's heading to the worst possible moment? Does it look like it's heading to a grave? Listen, Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, what did he do? He came forward. He came forward. Even knowing all that, he came forward and watched and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am. The translators added in, I am he. They added in the he. What he really says right there is, I am. That's me, Jesus of Nazareth, but I am. Like, like haven't we seen through John, Jesus says this again and again, I am the good shepherd, I am the bread of life. And people say there's seven I am statements in John. There's a whole lot more than that. Haven't we seen it? He just says, I am, all these places. Here's another one, I am. 
I'm not just Jesus of Nazareth. I am Yahweh. I am the God who has always been. I am the God who spoke to Moses and called his people out of of bondage and into freedom. I am. And listen to what happens. And and Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am, they drew back and they fell to the ground. They fell to the ground, not because they were surprised that he was Jesus of Nazareth, not because, they, not because he scared them and jumped out of the bushes. They fell down because he was displaying miraculous authority here. I am the one in charge. The one you've come to seek is not some common rabbi who's going to hide back here in the woods. The one you've come to seek is the Almighty God, and I'm the one with authority here. Do you know that? I'm the one with authority here. And and I have the authority to take up my life and to lay it down. No one takes it from me. Jesus is standing there as the I am with the, the one with authority, not them. And I have the authority, he says, to lay my life down. And it's a miraculous display of his power and authority in that moment. And they fall down. That's what happens to people in the Bible when they experience angels in their presence, when they experience the presence of the living God, they fall on their faces. This is what happened to these men. So he asked them again, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am. I'm he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Do you see he has the authority not just to lay down his life but to protect his own? Do you know, are you his own this morning? He has the authority to protect you. Do you know that? No matter what you're going through. That's good news. He has the authority to protect you. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. This is the authority with which Jesus speaks. And then let's watch because the story takes a turn here. Then Simon Peter. Doesn't it always take a turn when Peter shows up? <laughs> Peter's a lot like us. We're going to see that. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? And we're going to come back here, but Jesus says this, speaks this question, and it speaks volume to Peter. He says, Peter, this is my Father's will. All this guy, I know what's coming. I know this arrest is coming. It's my father's will. Shouldn't I take it since it's God's will? Shouldn't I just, shouldn't I accept this? And, and let's watch what happens. So I'm not going to read all of John 18. In John 18, if you read through it, Jesus does get arrested now. And he goes on trial before Annas, who was, used to be the high priest, and before Caiaphas, and their unfair trials, and they don't bring any witnesses and the beatings of Jesus start to happen. And then Jesus goes on trial before Pilate. But, I, but while this is going on, while Jesus is in some of these trials, let's watch what happens to Peter. You know what's coming. So down in verse 16, Peter is, is with another disciple. doesn't say who. We think it's probably John, the one who wrote this gospel, who knows some of the people in the, in the high priests in, in Annas' household. And so Peter can't get in, but this disciple can. And he comes out and gets permission to bring Peter in. 
And so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. And the servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. And again, we're going to Skip down a few verses to verse 25. Now Simon Peter, we, we catch up right where he was before, standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Oof. And if Peter wasn't scared before, now he's, now he's really scared. Do they know? Do they know what I did? Am I going to get arrested? What's going to happen? And Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. And we know from other gospels that Peter runs off and weeps because he knows what he's done. And and do you see the contrast here, though? The, The soldiers and the betrayer came to Jesus to arrest him, and they they asked about him. And he said, I am. And and Peter, with a casual question from a servant girl, or some soldiers on the side, or other servants, ask about who he is, and all he can say is, I am not. I'm not. He denies it. And and, in Jesus, we see a, a... a life fully surrendered to God that's ready to come forward. And Peter, Jesus, knowing what is going to happen, he comes forward. And Peter, afraid of what might happen, he shrinks back. And so we come back to Jesus' question. Jesus' question, he said, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? This is, this is the question to Peter. Are you going to drink the cup the Father's given you? Jesus asked this to other disciples In other Gospels, he says, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And they say, sure. They don't know what they're saying yes to. But this is Jesus' question for all of us. Can you drink the cup? And we feel like, well, this probably isn't a question for us because we haven't been in a place that, we haven't been in a place like this. We haven't been in the garden like Jesus has been, wrestling and sweating blood. He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. We haven't been there, or we haven't been around the fire with Peter and people trying to, trying to get, figure out if we're following Jesus Christ. We haven't been in moments like this where the stakes have been this high. But listen, there's, there's something for us to see here this morning. Because do you know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every day, it's for today. So the truth that we find here is not just for way down the road when you're, at the, when you're in that valley And when you're in that desperate circumstance, it's not just for then, it's for today. Jesus has something to say to us, I think, in our very situation today, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley. And and it's about this, it's about acceptance. Because Jesus came to this place and he said, this is the cup the Father's given me. I know what's ahead, this is my cup. And I choose to accept it. I choose to accept it. And it got me thinking about how often... How often do I choose to accept my own life? How often do I choose to accept just what's in front of me? Do you, do you remember when you were like five or six years old and you saw mom and dad and you just couldn't wait to get a little older so that you could do stuff like mom and dad did? 
You remember being in first grade? I remember being in first and second grade, and these bullies would like, like fifth and sixth graders, man, they looked so big. <laughs> and they would mess around and make jokes and laugh. And, and I remember thinking, I can't wait till I'm in fifth or sixth grade, right? So that, so that I don't get joked around like this and I don't get messed around with like this. And then you get to fifth or sixth grade and you're like, I'm done with elementary school. Can I just get to, can I just get to junior high? And, and then you get to junior high and, man, I, I just can't wait for the freedom to drive, right? Can I just get my driver's license and get... And, and, then you, then you drive and then you're done with high school and you're like, I, I'm just done with all these classes. I'm done. I just want to pursue what I want to pursue in college. And then you get to college and you're like, I just want out in the real world. And then you get in the, out in the real world and you're just like, I just want to go back to my mom and dad's house when I didn't have as much responsibility, right? Like, isn't that the truth? And like, don't we do that with more than just our age though? There's so many things in life that we say, man, if only this would change. And sometimes it's these simple, like, little daydreams, right? Man, I just can't wait till I'm a little older. Or I wish I was a little younger. And sometimes there's just angst in our souls. Like, we could, could we just, man, if just this would change in this moment, in this week, if I just didn't have to deal with this. Like, listen, I had a, I had a week like that. We were supposed to go camping as a family, right? We had planned this for a while. We were going to sneak out a couple days. We come alive in the woods, and we get, we get to camping, time and it calls for nothing but rain. Not like sort of kind of rain, like 80% chance of rain 12 hours of the day. There's no cooking, there's nothing but sitting inside that, like, so we don't get to go camping. And, man, like, if it, if it just wouldn't rain, <laughs> this, would, this week would have been great. And we get to stay home, and I'm, and I'm encouraging my family, let's see this as a gift. We have some extra time. Like, so I got some extra time to work on this, and we got extra time to do what we need to do. And then the power goes out at our house <laughs> for 24 hours. Like, and it just completely blows our plans out of the water. I don't even get time to, like, did it. Like, maybe at least I'll get time to work on a, more time to work on a message. You know, we got to, like, do coffee runs and figure out where we're getting meals and all of this stuff. There's all this stuff that adds up. And, and then... And then last night, I'm going to put the kids to bed, and I run up the steps like I always do every single night. And you know what happens when I run up the steps? I tweak my back. Man, and I am laid out, and I know what I have ahead of me. I've got a night of tossing and turning and moving like an old man just so I don't tweak that back a little further. And what the heck am I going to look like this morning, hunched over, walking around on stage? Man, if just this one thing would change, if I just didn't have to deal with that. But... But it doesn't stop with the little things, does it? Some of you are wrestling with big things. You've got the diagnosis that came in. I don't know if it's cancer or COVID for you or somebody else in your family. You've got this, this health challenge that just won't go away. And you're like, if, I just, if God would just take this away, everything would be good. And some of you are struggling in ways that nobody can see. And you mask it up and you... You're struggling with anxiety like crazy? I had a week like this. I was so fearful this week. Or maybe just depression or loneliness, and it just hangs on, and everybody around you can't figure out why you're not okay. Oh, your life's good. Just be okay. You're just like, God, if you would just move this. So desperate to change. Like, aren't we a people that are just desperate to change our lives? Desperate to change maybe just one thing about our lives. 
day after day after day. And it binds us up in fear and anxiety and anger and frustration. Let me read something. This is from the, this is from the big book of AA. I find this to be true, though. It says, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no peace until I accept this situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Listen, the situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Now listen, this is hard. Like, do you mean God brought this into my life? I mean God permitted this into your life. And it means he's going to use this in your life, whatever it is. How do we get to that place of acceptance? Of just being willing to drink the cup that's in front of us. That God has placed here. Just three things. Three things. It's a different hope that we need. It's a different voice we've got to listen to. And it's a different giver of our lives. That's what we're going to go the rest of this morning. So let's, I I want to look back, oh, before I go there, um, I I want to look back. Peter, you know, what was the first thing he did? He pulled out that sword. There was, everything was falling apart, right? Everything he thought would happen is not going to happen now. And he just wants this thing to change. And don't we do this? We just want, like, if we just want that change in our lives, we just want to, let me just pull out a sword. And like, let me just start hacking away at what's in front of me. And, and every, like, this is somebody else's fault, so we start hacking away at other people in front of us in anger or frustration. Or we start just living frustrated in our lives, not even admitting what's really wrong. We just start lashing out about everything else in our lives. And Peter pulls out this sword, and if this was a movie, this would be the moment when the music swells, right? And Peter steps forward in the hero pose and takes a guy out, and the Avengers assemble, and evil is vanquished. That's what this would be. Because those are the stories we like. We want that to be our story, don't we? Like, let me, can I just pull out a sword against all of this that's in my life right now? Just hack away at it and be a hero. That's not our story. Because we're not strong enough for that. So so we think to fix this. God or us or somebody has just got to fix this situation right here, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you just wish was taken away right now in your life. Whatever it is that you wish that's hard for you to accept right now. You just wish that it was taken away. And we think the fix is for that to be taken away. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. There's, There's a different hope. There's a different hope. See, as he knelt in that garden, he wrestled, and he saw what was ahead, and he said, Father, if it be your will, just take this cup, just get rid of this. But then he said, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And then he came forward confidently, and how could he do that? Do you know how? Because he he saw a different hope that Peter didn't see. He said, Peter, this... There's more than what's in front of you. 
My job, I, I'm not here to overthrow the Romans. This is what he says later in chapter 18. When he's before Pilate, this is what Jesus says. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. Peter would have been right. Pull out the sword. But he's not. Why? Because my kingdom is not from this world. This is what Jesus knew that Peter didn't. There's a different hope here. Not for this to be fixed right now, but for everything to be fixed later on. And for me to have a kingdom that expands far more than your, than your short life. It expands into eternity. And, and do you know when Jesus knew what was ahead? When he knew the nails and the cross and the darkness and the wrath and the tomb were ahead? He knew more than that. He knew that three days later there was going to be a rumble of stone as that stone rolled away from the grave. As Jesus knew all that was ahead of him, he knew there was going to be an earthquake and a bright, sunshiny morning when he was going to rise again. And he knew what was going to be ahead of Saint calling Mary's name for the first time again in a new resurrected body. And he knew what was going to be ahead, the looks on his disciples' faces when he showed up for fish for breakfast on a beach. And he knew what was ahead, giving them a mission that was far greater than their little lives. And he knew he was going to send to the Father. And then he was going to send the Spirit to dwell in them. And he knew that he was going to stand at the Father's side interceding for us right now. He knew all that was ahead because he had a different hope. Do we have a different hope this morning? Do you know, even if whatever you need fixed in your life, even if that situation was fixed, that wouldn't be the fix. Because his kingdom is not of this world. If you are of Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him, your kingdom is not of this world anymore. And you have a different hope. Can you see it this morning? Can you see it? Here's what... Here's, what else we have? We have a different voice to listen to. You know, Peter was standing around that fire, walking into that courtyard, and all he heard was these voices. Hey, you're not one of them, are you? Because there's going to be problems if you're one of them. And he started to get afraid. Can I live life like this? Can I accept this? Can I admit to this? And, and he said, no, I can't. And he denied it. And, and he wanted to ignore and shrink back from the truth that was right in front of him, that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. But he shrunk back in, in fear of what was going to happen. See, this was, you know, you know, the first one was his fight response, right? This is his flight response. First one, he was lashing out. This one, he's just running. Like, let me just smooth things over. Let me just pretend I'm, let me just fit into the crowd. Let me just ignore what's a mess and what's not going the way I want to in my life right now, let me just ignore all that and let me just try to fit in and just warm myself by the fire. Let me just fit in right here. And sometimes don't we run from our pain? Don't we just run from it and say, well, uh, you know, like everybody else seems to be doing all right, so let me just shut it down and shove it aside so everything must be okay. I'm just going to numb out on entertainment. I'm just going to reach out for what everybody else is reaching out for. I'm just going to pretend it's okay. I'm just going to warm myself by the fire. Like, why do we have to drink this cup? Can't we just, isn't it better to, to just live your life with as least little pain as possible? 
and with as much pleasure because that's what everybody else is doing and it seems like they're doing fine. And, and so we start to just distract ourselves. This is easy to do when, when things are going well. It, it's, it's not that entertainment and things like that, are, it's not that even that they're necessarily bad, it's just that we get into the habit of running to those things. And so that when things go poorly, we just get a lot, what am I going to do? I'm just going to run from the pain and just go back to whatever was making me feel good before. You know what Henry Nouwen, he, he says about entertainment? He says this. He says, entertainment is anything that takes my mind and sets it aside from thinking about the difficult things of life. He says, entertainment is anything that, that takes my mind and my heart and sets it aside from the difficult things of life that are difficult to face. And, and sometimes that's not, that's not always a bad thing. It gives us an hour or a day apart from our worries in life. But if we make a habit of that, he says we start losing touch with reality. We start losing touch with our souls. And we start living our lives as spectators. Do you see what everybody else was doing around that fire? They were living their life as a spectator. Just warming themselves by the fire. They had no idea their Savior, the Savior they needed, was standing in, right in there on trial for all of humanity. They couldn't be bothered because they were just warming themselves by the fire. They were just running from the pain in their lives. Do we run from the pain in our lives, folks? Is there a way that we just need to step up and, and, and face this and say, God, you've, you've placed this in my life. And as much as everybody else, as much as the culture is saying, I should just run from this and mask it and just do whatever feels good, there's a different voice to listen to. Listen, this is what Jesus says later in John 18. He says, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. The truth of what? The truth that there's more to this life than just finding your own pleasure. The truth that you were made for relationship with a holy God. The truth that he's a savior who came to be in relationship with you. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So when we come to those valleys, when we come to that darkness, when we come to that pain in our lives, the things that we would rather be different, we can choose to listen to all the voices of the culture that tell us just, it's not important anyway, just try to have fun, just try to do anything to make the pain go away. Or, or we can run to Jesus and listen to his voice that speaks truth over us, that says there's more than this, that says I'm not done with you yet, but lean on me because I have a purpose in this pain. And we've got to listen to that different voice because do you know what Jesus said then? He saw this, his cup, that cup that gets so hard, that was so hard for him to accept, that cup that gets so hard for us to accept. He, he saw in that cup who the giver was. Who the giver was. Look, shall I not drink the cup? What, the cup that life gave me, Right? That's what the world says. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? That'll make you feel better. Well, just fate has it in for me right now. I'm going through a difficult time. Jesus says to Peter, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Not life, not fate. The Father has given me. See, I know there's a purpose behind this. He went in that garden wrestling. 
And he didn't know if that cup was for him. In his, in his humanity, he says, Father, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But listen, you know what he did know? He knew his father. He knew his father was good and his father was for him. And so anything his father permitted into his life, if this cup isn't going to pass, I know this is from him and he's going to use it in some way. And now Jesus was God too, so he knew what was ahead, both all the bad and all the good that was going to be a result of all of that. But more importantly, he knew the father. He knew that if God permitted this into his life, there was a reason. How did he know it was from the father? He asked. He asked, like, listen, if there's a way, remove this, Father. But I know you're good, so not my will, but yours be done. If there's a way, if there's a way out, if there's any other way, let's take that. But if not, not my will, your will be done. And he asked, and he asked, and he asked. See, this acceptance I'm talking about, you know, this isn't just accept, like some kind of halfway, um, just resigned, oh, well, I guess this is the way life is going to be. I guess this is just my lot in life. I guess this is what's just going to happen. No, no, if there is something that you need changed in your life, pray for it. Ask. Because we don't know the answer yet. And it may be God's will that this health challenge you're going through, that his will is to restore you here and now in this life. Ask him. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. Because I know you're good. And I know your intentions for me are good. And I know that that maybe your intention right now is to heal and restore and bring freedom in this area of my life right now. So ask. Listen, this is what Paul did. Paul did this. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh. You remember this? Some difficulty. We don't know what it is. We don't know if it was physical or emotional or mental or spiritual. But there was this thorn in his flesh. He calls it a messenger of Satan. He said, I know this isn't from God. This is from Satan. It's coming to steal and kill and destroy what's in my life. So I know this isn't from God. It's here to torment me, and that's not what God does. But here's what I also know. I know who's in charge. So I'm not going to ask Satan to go away. I'm going to ask the one who's in charge. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask God. You're in charge. He said, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away from me. God, I don't know if this is from you. I don't know if your will is for me to just stay in this valley. I want out, so Lord, take me out of this valley. And he asks, and he asks, and he asks, just like Jesus does. So listen, if there's something difficult in your life, what I'm not saying is don't pray. I'm saying ask. We have a good father who has good intentions to free you in your life, even now to experience some of that freedom. Ask. And if nothing changes, and if the cup isn't removed, at least for today, here's what you know. The Father is permitting it for at least today. And, and the answer that we need to hear might not be, I'm going to restore you today because you've got a different hope. Don't worry about it. Tomorrow's coming. It, it might not be that your life is going to get easier right now because there's a different voice speaking to us. It, it, the answer might be the same answer that it was for Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. That answer doesn't feel like enough, does it? Like when we're wrestling, if you're in this deep, dark pit in life right now, or, or when you are someday, 
because in this world you will have trouble. That answer doesn't feel like enough. What, grace? Grace? Like we think of, what's grace? We think of this sometimes. Grace is unmerited favor, right? It's God's attention on us. That's one way to define it. But, but listen, Eric Ludy says that's not all it is. That's not all it is, and we've got to remember that because if we, we just say, well, it's God looking on us kindly. We think that's what grace is. That's, that's part of it, but that's not all, all that grace is. We were in our sin in a muddy ditch on the side of the road, broken and bruised and helpless, and God looks at us and reaches down and gives us a hug. That's, that's part of what grace is, but that's not all of it. Listen, for by grace you have been saved. We weren't saved by, by God looking kindly on us. We weren't saved by God being nice to us and having pity on us just when we were in the ditch. We weren't saved by a hug. We were saved by the power of the living God on our behalf that he took action in our mess to bring us up out By grace you have been saved. We were saved by the power of Jesus Christ on the cross dying for our sin. To pay a price we couldn't pay. And then rising again, we were dead in our sins. And he rose again, brought us so that we might have the opportunity to to receive new life in him. We weren't saved by a hug, we were saved by the power of God through Jesus Christ on our behalf. Yeah, you can clap to that. So when Paul says my, the answer he received from the Lord is my grace is sufficient. He's not saying God gave me a hug. He's saying God said this, my power, the power of the living God is made perfect in what? In your weakness, in your mess. In that, in that one thing that you want more than anything to get out of to escape. God's power is for you and with you in that his grace. And listen, more than that, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. It's enough. See, we hear sufficient and we think, well, it's just enough, right? You, You ever go to a restaurant and you pay a lot for the food and then they bring the food out and it's not quite as big of a plate as you thought it would be, right? Rachel and, I, Rachel and I went to this restaurant and there was, there was this mushroom bisque that she ordered because she loves mushrooms. And we got this bowl, this big bowl of mushroom bisque, huge bowl that was just filled about a half an inch. <laughs> was that enough? I, I, guess, I guess it was sufficient. I don't know. I ordered popcorn. Who puts popcorn on their appetizer menu? This restaurant did. And we got this bowl of popcorn that was like this big. It was really good popcorn, but it just, like, it's, 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 it's sufficient. Like, did it fill you? Well, I, I mean, I guess it was enough. I don't need to eat for a little while. Did you ever see the truck going down the road? It's got the mattress tied on top with about three pieces of twine, and it is just flapping as the truck travels 85 miles an hour down the highway. And whoever did that looks at that, and they just tied it up there with a few pieces of twine. They said, well, that's sufficient. That's enough. You're looking at that and say, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, it's been enough so far, but is it enough to get you home? 
Listen, that's not what Paul means when God says, my grace is sufficient. It's not that it's just enough. It's not that it's good enough. It's not that it's just enough to get you right here. It's not just enough to fill you for a while. It's enough to overflow into all of your mess and everything you want different in your life. All of the pain and the deepest darkness that you're going to go through in your life, his grace is enough to overflow into all of that, to meet you in that very place of your need. Even there, his grace is more than enough. Let me tell you, I know it. You know how I know it? Because, because I was at the end of myself this week. That's how I know it. Do you know how you learn that his grace is enough when that's all you have is his grace? Guys, that's hard, but that's the only way you're going to learn it. That's the only way I'm going to learn it is when I have absolutely nothing else to lean on. There's a stripping that God's doing in my life right now and I don't understand all of it. But I know he's taken away everything else that I would lean on except for him. Everything else. And so if you're in that place of darkness today, I just want to tell you his grace is enough. And this is the place where he teaches you that. So listen, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, but I just, I just, like, we need a moment to answer this question for ourselves. Will we drink the cup? It's the question Jesus faced in the garden, like, God, this is hard, and he sweat blood, and maybe you're in that place of sweating blood, or maybe life is just going fine. You're like, I'm okay, I got this. But, but one day you're not going to be. One day, one day we're going to figure out that that's, that's not enough. That there's life, real life found on the other side of surrendering all of this to Jesus. And so I want to bring us back to just this, this moment. I want to offer you a moment of surrender. So what's in your cup that the Father has put before you? If it's evil, he's not the author of evil. But I don't know why for sure, but he's allowing this in your life right now. Listen, if life is good and overflowing with goodness, he's the author of that goodness. Are you going to praise him for it? Are you going to take risks when you feel his goodness deeply in your soul? Are you going to use this mountaintop not to get comfortable, but to get uncomfortable for him? What's in your cup? Are you willing to drink this cup? Not sidestep it like the world would. Not just live for yourself, but to lay yourself down. This is the opportunity that's before us right now. Jesus said, Jesus stepped forward in the garden because he had the authority to lay his life down. Do you know what God has done to you and me? He's given us the authority to lay our lives down. You have that authority. Let me speak that into you. You have the authority right now to lay your life down, all of it. The difficult part, the parts, the good parts, you have the authority to surrender all of it right now. Will you drink it? So we're just going to let the music play for a few minutes. I'm going to step down here. I, I invite some other folks who come up to pray for others. I, I invite you forward. If, if you're in a place of, of surrender right now, good or, or bad, and you just, like this is a place not to walk alone too. We can walk with you through this time of surrender to him. 
So we're going to bring down the lights. And, and no matter what's coming in your life, no matter what's coming the rest of it, just use this whole moment uh, of quiet to surrender yourself before him. If you're in that place of darkness, come forward for prayer and let's surrender it together before him. And, and then we're just going to gather back and worship him even as we surrender to him. Father, I, I ask that you would just quiet our hearts in this moment. I ask that you would give us the gift of a moment before you and nothing else. Remove all distraction from our hearts and minds. Remove what's next in our lives. Remove, remove what we would want to rush onto in our schedules. Just let us be with you in this moment. And God, as we examine what, what is in the cup before us, whether it's good or hard, help us to see you as the author of it and, and help us offer it back to you in this moment. We offer this to you in full surrender because you are worthy of that. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.